Hi, I'm Gar Sanders. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm Lee Holdsworth. I'm James Courtney. We're the Forex Angels, and you're listening to the VA Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Revell. The hunt for a new CEO begins. The final tests before the Enduros take place. We're not doing too much on making the car go faster. And Ken Block tests the Falcon. Surprise the hell out of me. And he was just laughing at me. <laughs> That's all coming up today as the red lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. This news update is brought to you by V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes. Fair Supercars have announced a reshuffle at the top of the organisation with Martin Whitaker stepping into the role of International Director. An international search will commence for a new CEO and in the interim, Shane Howard will resume as acting CEO of V8 Supercars. V8 Supercars also announced the appointment of Peter Trimble in a newly created role called General Manager of Systems and Finance. Dale Rogers has been appointed by the teams in the Fujitsu series as their category representative. He will become the final member of the V8 Supercars Commission, already being asked to present a paper at their next meeting. V8 Insiders caught up with Independent Commissioner Chris Lambden and asked him what has been the biggest surprise he's had since joining the Commission. I don't think it's any different from being on any, you know, once a long, long time ago I was on my local go-kart club committee and frankly, you know, it's all the same. You know, someone gets a strong view and, and, and has some ludicrous idea and then you've got to persuade them that maybe that's not the, the best, best way to go. So no real surprises, it's just, um, you know, it's important to have a good mix of people who can actually talk frankly about stuff and I'm sure they'll make mistakes and, uh, and so on and so on, but... I think it's a reasonable mix. This week it was also announced that Jason Richards would not be pairing up with Jason Bright at the BOC Gases Commodore. Richards explained why. You know, the decision, I guess, uh, was based on my health. And uh, the reason I've left it so long is, you know, I was hoping that uh, my health would improve by the time the injuries came around. And obviously we've been, you know, in the long battle with cancer. Um, I've tried lots and lots of different chemo regimes, different drug treatments, um, and unfortunately, so far, none of them have been successful. So it leaves me no choice, really, than, uh, than not to do the Enduros. For Jason Bright, he was naturally disappointed about Jason not being available, but he's confident the team has got a very handy replacement. I mean, we're, we're very fortunate that we've, you know, we've got Andy there to, to jump in. I mean, he's the right size for me. He, um, you know, he did a great job at Bathurst last year with, with JR. So, you know, I, you know, I think we're very fortunate that, that we're in a position where we have got you know, other good drivers that can step in. Jason Richards has been getting his racing fix. He talked about last weekend at the Muscle Car Masters and what that means. 
And, you know, I raced in the weekend at Muscle Car Masters and, you know, I'm still getting my racing fix. Um, and while the enduro is extremely important for me, the, um, the reality is I don't want to put my body through the, the pressure of, of doing those long-distance races and uh, potentially letting the team down if I'm physically unable. Ken Block set Calder Park alight last weekend. He also had a chance to step into the FPR Trading Post Falcon with Will Davison. They discussed his laps at the wheel of the V8 supercar. It was good. The, the power delivery and the setup and everything's very nice. I just uh, I don't I don't get very much feedback from the actual tires and the setup of the car. I mean, I spun in the first corner because all I did was barely get on the throttle, and that just surprised the hell out of me. And he was just laughing at me. Because <laughs> he told me exactly what I was going to do. He's like, you're going to get on the throttle. Solid rear end axle, like, you know, the rear end. It's not independent rear end. Teams have completed their final test before the Enduros this week with Craig Lowndes and Mark Scaife both happy with their track time. Again, get Mark and I familiar with, uh, with obviously, seatbelts, door handles, the latches for the, uh, the netting, everything that we need to know when we obviously get to fill up island. But uh, so far, touch wood. Been a great day, and uh, hopefully it'll, be, it'll end up on a positive. Our last test day before Phillip Island at Bathurst, we've done a lot of work on being uh, Craig and I to be comfortable in the car and making sure that we can both operate as comfortably as we can for those long races. Also, we've done a lot of work with the team in terms of all the variables that long-distance races put up. So we've done lots of different pit stops and lots of different small things to make big differences in those big races. Jamie Winkup is also confident that the test will set his car up for a big Phillip Island and Bathurst. All in all, we're well on track and uh, hopefully we'll continue that right at the end of the day. Meanwhile at Winton, Taz Douglas and Christian Limbom tested a walk-and-shore performance Fujitsu Commodore. Whilst Frosty Winterbottom and Enduro driver Stephen Richards completed over 100 laps in the new Orcon Falcon ahead of Phillip Island. And finally, former Virgin Racing F1 driver Lucas Degrassi will join Jonathan Webb in the Mother Energy Racing Team Falcon for the Gold Coast 600. The announcement this week completing the field for the final Enduro of the year. And that's the news on the V8 Insiders. After the break, Jason Bright will join me looking at the V8 Supercar Series. News on the V8 Insiders is brought to you by the official V8X Magazine Facebook page. Sign up and keep in touch with V8 Supercars. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing. V8 Supercars, showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X Magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth. You're listening to V8 Insiders. This week on The Bright Line, we start by asking Jason Bright if the series needs to look at perhaps having an award within the main game championship awards. I don't think so. I, I, you know, I think you could, you could certainly have a championship within a championship. You know, I, I think that you could um, have a separate trophy for the three endurance races now that we have got three i mean it would have seemed a bit silly if it was just for two but you know we, we have genuinely got three longer 
events now, and and um, you, know, you could have a have a separate trophy for those as well as the champion trophy, championship trophy. But um, you know, I, I I don't think that you need to go and um, you know make it two separate championships. It, it, I think it would disrupt the the point score and, and and everything a little bit too much. And what about now that we are seeing more and more integration of uh, Archer and and the commission? What's been your thoughts as a, an owner in the smaller part of the business? Well, I think you know, I think it's all positive. You know, we're, we're, we're obviously the the announcement that we're going to Texas. I think is huge for V8 supercars. You know, I, I really believe that that's going to be a, a big step forward for for this series. You know, I, we've obviously been to the Middle East and been to China, um, two countries, sorry, three countries where um, you know we're, we're probably not the you know, motorsport isn't huge in, in, any of those, in any of those countries and, and they're obviously doing it for exposure to a worldwide audience on television and, and um, you know, trying to get tourism. Hey, Sammy, and, and it was, uh, you know, it's not a surprise that we don't get huge crowds at those events. You know, they don't do it to get a massive crowd and, and recruit money that way. It's, 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 a, it's an advertising um, means for them. Whereas with Texas, you know, I think that it, it relies on getting people there and I think that... Um, you know, certainly the interest that I've seen from America over the years and, and the fact that you know, they're, they're one of their, their biggest series over there is, is V8s and, uh, and tin tops and I, I think that it, we should be able to get a very good crowd there and, and that will open up the doors in a lot of other places I think. Do you feel it's the right fit or do you feel you're still straying too far from core business? No I, I think it is the right fit I mean you know I, I think that as long as as long as we're uh, you know not reducing the rounds that we do here in Australia, or you know, as long as we're still going to try or trying to get to every state and territory in Australia, I, I think that it's great if we can go overseas. You know, uh, if we can take this series to the next level of of uh, corporate funding and start to tap into some of the global budgets rather than just getting the Australian budgets, um, you know, I think that that'll be the next thing that that, that takes the series to a new level and. And, and if we get to, to that level, um, you know, the fans in Australia are going to see more racing and, and, um, and better racing at that. Do we have enough tracks to get to V8 supercars in the right light in Australia? Well, it's hard. I mean, you know, it, it, is, a, it is a battle, you know. I, I think if, you know, we, the days where, you know, you just have to look at the, the, the success of, Clipsal compared to when we used to race at Malala, you know, and, and what does having an event like Clipsal around the streets of Adelaide do for our sport as opposed to when we had around at Malala and, and um, you know, and, and the same goes for Homebush and Eastern Creek um, Ipswich and Gold Coast, you know, th- those events as much as you know, as a, as a pure motorsport fan it's, it's, it's never you know great to go it's not as good to go and watch a, a car on a racetrack at a street event as it is sometimes on a road course but you know there's usually plenty of excitement there's a lot more to do it's, a, it's an event um and 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 so it's it's the way the sport's gone we're not the first sport that's gone that way i mean you know formula one um certainly went that way i mean i think the only reason why they don't these days is probably for safety reasons um you know, otherwise in a way but then again they do i mean you know you look at um, Valencia and and uh, Singapore, they are still going to street tracks. You just don't think of them as street tracks. And you know, IndyCar's done it. Um, so 
yeah, it's 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 the nature of, of motorsport worldwide, I think. And at Queensland, it was almost a throwback to your Brytech day. After the traditional Enduros, we have the Gold Coast. Should that race, with its novelty factor of international drivers, be a championship event? Oh, I mean, there's always been the battle, the, the discussion of whether Bathurst and Phillip Island should be around in the championship. And, you know, I think it's, it's, um, it is just a factor these days you know it is part of our championship you know you, you sort of take the good with the bad it, it, you know if, if you're unlucky enough that that um you know that your co-driver for the weekend doesn't do a good job then you've probably chosen the wrong guy and it, it's 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 just it could be a pretty cruel part of the sport but um you know fortunately over the years at Bathurst we haven't seen too many championships decided because a co-driver's done the wrong thing um you know and at the end of the day, it's, it's up to the team to make sure they manage that driver and manage how he, uh, you know, how, how many laps he does in the car in the race and when he does the laps and whether it's a risky part of the race like the start. And you just got to manage all of that and, and hope that uh, you know you, you make the right decisions. My thanks to Jason Bright. After the break, Tony Shebecki and Lachlan Mansell will join me at the roundtable. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Craig Lance from Team Vodafone, and you're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining us this week from On The Grid, it's Tony Shebecki and SEN's, well, favourite. We hear you just about every time I turn SEN on, Tony. Yeah, uh, that's why I get paid the big bucks, Craig. Good day to you. And also from E! News, it is Lachlan Mansell. And Lachlan, great to have you back on the show. Great to be back, Craig, and good day, Tony. Good day, Lachie. It's interesting, uh, we've discussed a few topics uh, off-air before we came on the show, and then, of course, today the big announcement, Jason Richards, Tony, saying, I'm not fit enough to last an endurance campaign. I'm going to step down and hand the reins over to Andrew Jones. Yeah, I don't know if too many people are fully surprised with this decision. I think we're, we're actually surprised that he'd put up his hand in the first place. We know that Jace is as keen as mustard, but obviously the uh, the cancer that he has is debilitating. And, you know, he has his ups and downs, as he said, and he just can't guarantee that one of those down days won't be on one of the race days. So he's done the best thing he believes and probably is the best thing one would think for Team BOC by stepping out of the uh, the number eight Commodore with Jason Bright. And it, it's sad. It, I, I don't think Jason ever wanted to get to this point. This is sort of an admission that, you know, things are, are getting on top of him. And I don't think he ever wanted to get to that. So, yeah, mate, we all feel sorry for Jason. We have for a long time. And we are all praying to God that, you know, he beats this thing. But it's going to be step by step, isn't it? It is. A, it's a process. And he's a, a really... In such a rare form of cancer, he's leading the way in some respects in trying to get the funding together to be able to fight it. And, Lockie, we've all marvelled at what he's been able to do 
in his battle so far, not only on the racetrack, but he taken up another sport in golf and, and a few other things along the way. He hasn't sort of put his life on hold, but he's had to draw a line. It's good to see, isn't it? And I mean, that's probably one of the best things that he can do to fight such a debilitating disease to try and live as much of a normal life as possible, which in the case of Jason Richards does involve driving race cars. And it has been great to see him still having the opportunity to drive in a number of different racing events throughout the year. Obviously, he took that race victory for Greg Murphy Racing in the Fujitsu Series at the Clipsal 500 back in March and more recently he's done some running in the Australian GT Championship and uh, most recently last weekend at the Muscle Car Masters he actually took a race victory in the Group C race in his Tirana A9X so that was great to see as well. Mm, interesting we have got the battle and, and you marked it as a highlight and a low light of your year Jason Richards his battle being a, a low light and his race win at Clipsal being a highlight, Lockie, when we spoke to you on the show last time. But we see this struggle going on in and around what's been going on in the bigger picture of V8 supercars, which is we've seen another CEO bite the dust. And this time Martin Whitaker now has moved sideways into the international director's role, Lockie. It's very, very interesting what's going on there at V8 Supercars Australia. In some respects, maybe not too much of a surprise because of that change in ownership with Archer Capital coming in a few months ago and buying out the V8 Supercar Championship. But nevertheless, Martin Whitaker didn't last all that long. I do think that the new international role that they've created for him is a very good position for Martin Whitaker, though, because of his experience and his contacts on the international motorsport stage, which obviously he gained as the CEO for the Bahrain Grand Prix circuit. So Shane Howard's obviously now moved into the acting CEO position but V8 Supercars Australia once again on the hunt for a new full-time CEO and it'll be very very interesting to see who they're able to attract into that role and we've also seen Peter Trimble move into that financial management type role so yes some interesting changes at the top in V8 Supercars Australia and uh, these changes combined with the new ownership it's going to be interesting to see what implications they will have on the running of the sport. Two things about Shane Howard Tony and it's the busiest time of the year for the Chief Operating Officer with all the events just about from here to the end of the season being run by his department, V8 Supercar Events, and here he is stepping up to the CEO's role as well and covering those officers. You almost have to ask the question, he's acted in the job two times, when does he get his chance at this role? I think you need to ask the question, does he want his chance at the role? I think he's enjoying what, in, enjoying what he does. And one would think that if, uh, if he did want the role in any full-time capacity, that as you said, second time in as acting, you would think that he'd be putting his hand up and would be seriously considered. But can I just say that I, I think it's a masterstroke by V8 Supercars to create the role that they have for Martin Whitaker, this international man of mystery type role for Martin Whitaker. He's the new James Bond of V8 Supercars. Because the way the V8 Supercars is expanding in regards to the amount of international races that we're going to have, I think it's perfect to have someone who's able to leave our shores on a regular basis and start talking to these people and start working on the deals and getting things down to ground. I don't think that should be the role of a CEO for the fact that the CEO needs to stay at home and look after their backyard first. And I can't, I don't, I'd hate to see a CEO of V8 Supercars spending 12 weeks, 16 weeks of the year overseas and not 
focusing so much on the intention of what's happening here. So I think the role for Martin Whittaker is, is a great role. I think it's a role that's going to put V8 supercars in great stead internationally. And yeah, who takes his role as uh, as CEO? We'll find out, I'm sure, in the in the next month or so. You'd think that they'd want to fill that role sooner rather than later. Mm, yeah, you think they'd still have some names and interviews completed from the last time round. But Tony, the question then has to be asked: What changed next? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if we will see another change. The, the business is is shaping itself nicely and has been for the last 12 months from what I can see on the outside. And the, the buy-in uh, a few months ago has sort of just forced the company, I suppose, to make some changes. So there's been a couple of changes made on, at the board level. We've now seen a little bit of a management restructure up the top end. I don't know if there's going to be any more changes. Having said that, I'm not, and I'll put my hand up, I'm not fully au fait with the runnings of the inside of V8 supercars as, as much as probably you guys may be, but from an outside role, I, I think that things are just starting to, to morph nicely now with, with the new ownership and the like, and I, I, I can't foresee any changes in the real near future. What about you, Lockie? I think, yeah, I, I think, Craig, that the next changes that we might be likely to see might have more to do with the Fujitsu V8 supercar series than the main game. We've seen the announcement just in the last week that Dale Rogers has been appointed as the representative on the or to the V8 Supercar Commission for the Fujitsu Series, and there's a number of um, people involved in the Fujitsu Series who are part of the, the panel, if you like, who then report to Dale Rogers, who makes their representations to the V8 Supercars Commission. I do think there is room to improve with the Fujitsu Series to make it a high-profile series and make it better suited to developing young drivers and giving them the opportunity to progress into the main game. So perhaps that'll be the next area where we see changes at the management level. Mm, yeah. Guys, we've got the perfect setup. You only have to look at the NASCAR model to know that, that the setup that we have can work successfully. You can have the main game, which they have with the Sprint Cup. You can have the Nationwide Series, which we have with Fujitsu, and the Truck Series, which is our V8 Utes. The three can work hand in hand and can also be perfect marketing tools on their own. And I think we need to start just taking maybe a little bit of advice and a little bit of a look at what our American brothers are doing and start bringing some of that model into making the Utes, the Fujitsu Series and the V8 Supercars successful series in themselves as well as being great feeder series as well. Tony Shebecki, you've taken that from my hymn book. I want to see some standalone races for the Fujitsus as well. It's Gas and Go time here on the V8 Insiders. Gas and Go is brought to you by V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes. Gas and Go brought to you by Verdex Magazine. It's on sale right now with Stephen Johnson on the cover. And, well, we talk about Lazarus rising in a number of different contexts, but certainly for Dick Johnson Racing, they are getting back on top. And we find out more about that in this month's Verdex Magazine. Five questions, three minutes. Let's see how we do. Which team would you like to have Ken Block racing at in the Gold Coast, Tony? Understanding all team positions are full for the Gold Coast, so he probably won't get a ride. But I suppose if he was to get a ride, oh, 
I don't know. We'd probably like to see him. I'd probably like to see him uh, racing in the the Mother Energy with Jonathan Webb, and then we could have the Mother of All Monsters or something. I don't know. Lucky. Realistically, I don't think that Ken Block's got the circuit racing experience of some of the other international co-drivers who've been signed up for the Gold Coast event. Having said that, though, if there was an opportunity for him to slot into one of the teams from a marketing perspective, maybe one of the smaller teams like Triple S Motorsport that could do with some extra sponsorship, some extra exposure and some extra funding. Mm, Lockie, Trading Post is looking for an apprentice to join the team. Now, would a reality show on apprentices trying to get into V8 supercars, would that get a run, do you think? Um, I doubt that you'd be able to generate the ratings to justify it for a commercial TV audience. But having said that, if you're a smart PR manager, it might be the kind of thing where you could make a YouTube documentary about it, put it up on the team website and generate some good exposure for the team that way. Gee, I can see Chris Jordan taking notes right now. Tony, your thoughts? I don't think ratings are an issue, Lockie. Not on the digital channel, Seven Mate or all the other channels. I don't think they're too concerned about ratings. They're just concerned about getting some fairly good programming. And if that programming's paid for, then that's a, a totally different thing. So if they could get a couple of sponsors on board with this one, yeah, why not? Give it a shot. Mm. Now, Degrassi extends the number of F1 drivers in the Gold Coast grid. Which international driver do you think, Tony Shebecki, has the most star power? Yeah, it's a tough one. We, we don't... Look, I would say probably... For me, it's probably more one of the uh, the IndyCar drivers, more a, a Will Power or a, a Tagliani or someone like that. Even a, a Marino Franchetti, uh, that name just rings bells, Helio Crest and Everest. I think those guys, to me, have probably got a little bit more drawing power than the actual F1 drivers that we've got, who, having said that, uh, the one that I like out of all the F1 drivers, I think, is Mika Salo, is probably my favourite out of a lot of them. But uh, even uh, Liuzzi, I suppose, also up there as well. But I think in regards to international pulling power, I think just those names to motorsport people probably ring bigger bells. Lockie? I think Helio Castroneves, he's a personal favourite of mine and I'd really like to see him take a win on the Gold Coast and then we can see if he repeats his fence-climbing antics that he does in the IndyCars. Mm. If we you get jump the fence and then run along the beach and go for a swim. <laughs> it's a marriage of a few different sportsmen's victories, isn't it? Hey, Lockie, we're getting four more overseas races. Where should the next local race be established? Yeah, this is a good question, this one. Um, I'd like to see the next local race established at a new permanent circuit rather than another street circuit. And I think there's a really good opportunity to set up a new permanent racing circuit somewhere on the central coast in New South Wales so um, obviously funding is the limiting factor, getting the government resources and getting the infrastructure together to create a new permanent circuit but if we're going to get another local V8 supercar race then uh, yes another permanent circuit is where I'd like to see it. I thought all the questions were good so far there Lockie. Tony where do you (laughs) think the next local race will be? I would have loved to have seen it being in Tasmania well, spend more money down there. It's a great area, Tassie, a good market. They always get a pretty good crowd down there, and uh, it would have been nice to see more racing. From my understanding, this is probably the last year that we'll go to Tassie. The government not funding it anymore, so it'll be interesting to see which way they go. But central New South Wales would be great. It'd be what a fantastic area for a race. If they're going to build a permanent circuit, though, Lockie, can we make it one that's about 3.2, 3.5 kilometres long, maybe even 4Ks? Let's not go for the little Wintons or Queensland Raceways. Let's go for a proper 
fair income big circuit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Gary Rogers Motorsport, Lucas Dumbrell Motorsport did not test this week. GRM Fujitsu Racing is testing next Monday, but Lucas Dumbrell not going to test before the Enduros. Tony, is this a real good idea for the team that is running, well, they're running 30th in a 28 field? And one might say, with that, Craig, does it really matter for them? Do they? <laughs> because they are right down there. What's the issue? Is it finance? Is it... Nope, I don't have a reason, but I think you might be looking at money. Mind you, Lockie, I have to say, whilst ever they're wearing that Collingwood supporters uh, logo on that car, it can stay down the back. <laughs> yeah, well, um, I know of some people who would agree with you, other people maybe not, especially Jason Bright, but um, yeah, look, I, I think probably finance is the limiting factor. I'm not sure exactly how many of their allocated test days they've already done for season 2011. Warren Luff is their regular driver. Nathan Pretty is the co-driver for him in that car, and he's been getting some regular race miles this year in the V8 Ute Series. Obviously, it's not V8 supercar race miles, but it's better than nothing, I suppose. But, yeah, interesting that they haven't tested where all the other teams have taken the opportunity to test in the lead-up to the Enduros. Yeah, it will be interesting to see how they go. Both those drivers are quick in their own rights. Gas and Go is brought to you by the V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes. That's Gas and Go brought to you by V8X Magazine. We'll be back with more right after this break. Find out more about your favourite supercar teams and drivers when we go inside further on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You've watched the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining us from SEN, Tony Shebeki from Motorsport E-News. It's Lachlan Mansell. And guys, uh, just as we get into this last part, I've got a question for you. Lowndes and Wing Cup, that partnership, it's been around for a few years now, been very successful. Three out of the last four Bathurst 1000s have been won by, well, those drivers. I guess uh, it was a 1-2 last year when they couldn't drive together. But uh, how many more years, Lockie, do you think we'll see these two together? Well, the partnership's gone for six years now, hasn't it? Because they've been together since 2006. And yes, in that time, they have chalked up three Bathurst wins. Obviously, the one-two finish, um, three Bathurst wins driving together. And the one-two finish last year at Bathurst. And Win Cups won championships in 2008 and 2009 as well. So six years, that's a, a pretty good run, isn't it, for a V8 supercar team in terms of keeping their driver lineup consistent for so long. Lowndes has just re-signed, hasn't he, for another three years as well. So, um, yeah, I could see this partnership potentially maybe breaking some kind of record for the longest-standing uh, driver combination in a V8 supercar team. Tony? I can see this partnership lasting beyond this year, depending on what happens in the next couple of months. It's going to be a really interesting time now for Triple Eight. We've got 
they've got the two championship contenders. I don't think anyone else from the rest of the field, unless something goes disastrously wrong for Team Vodafone, can win the championship. You've got JB Winkup up front. You've got Craig Lowndes absolutely flying and doing some races now that he knows that he can do really well, especially with Mark Scaife. Let's see what the team orders are over the next few weeks. If these guys are really fighting it out and one guy gets told to hold back a little bit to give the other bloke the opportunity, that may just give us an indication as to what might happen in the future. I agree with you. I'd love to see it go a long, long time, six years. I'd love to see it go 12. It's great to have partnerships and great to have this sort of uh, this friendship also in a team between these two guys. They are good mates as well as good uh, teammates. Just interesting to see what happens over the next few races, I think. Yeah, it will be indeed. And, uh, Tony, uh, on the cover of V8X magazine, you've got Stephen Johnson. And I'll tell you what, Stephen's lost that much weight. They obviously didn't have the new race suit for him when they uh, took the photo because he looks like he's wearing, you know, he looks like he's wearing a driving suit that's about three sizes too big. But uh, he's taking on a lot of extra responsibilities at uh, GJR, at Jim Beam Racing now, managing and doing a lot more management of the team. Do you think that's going to affect his driving? Because uh, we've certainly seen so far this year he's been very quick and consistent. If Paul Dumbrell can be the CEO of a national company and still race and race strongly and competitively, I don't think what Stevie Johnson's doing is going to help, is going to hinder him too much. But having said that, let me say this. I think what Steve Johnson is doing is fantastic because I think a lot of people questioned where Steve was racing-wise a couple of years ago. You, you mentioned there, Craig, his weight. He did balloon out a little bit. He's lost all that now, and he's probably driving the best that he's driven for a damn long time. But how much longer is that going to be? And getting some management experience and getting some time around, learning business, learning dad's business. We know that Dick's probably not going to be doing it for the rest of his life either. So maybe it's not a bad thing and not a bad transition that Steve starts to work into that now. And then in maybe a year or two, you can just slip in nicely and uh, take a new phase of his racing career. Mm, Lockie? I think, if anything, the extra responsibility's helped him with his focus because this has been, you'd have to say, Stephen Johnson's most competitive season in V8 Supercars since back in 2001 when he won the Canberra round and he also won the Queensland 500 driving with Paul Radisich. So... I think, if anything, it's uh, helped with Stephen Johnson's motivation. He's had to step up and take the leadership role in the team with James Courtney moving on and with young James Moffat coming into the team. And uh, he's been a regular top five contender and is currently in fifth position in the championship. So, um, yeah, it's been a standout season for Stephen Johnson this year. And no, I don't think it'll cause him to lose focus at all. Mm. Well, guys, we come to the end of another V8 Insiders Roundtable. Thanks very much for your time. Tony, I know you're the busiest man in world sports at the moment because you have to look after the MCG right throughout this final series. Thanks, Craig. I haven't been on for that long. I thought I might have said something to offend someone and you weren't calling me back, but it's been great to be back on. And any time, you know I'll always find five or ten minutes for you. No worries at all. And Lachlan, uh, we look forward to catching up with you down at Phillip Island. Yeah, looking forward to it, Craig, and great to be on the show as always. And uh, with the AFL finals coming up, go West Coast. Well, an interesting call there from a New South Welshman. Yes, <laughs> after the break. A funny one too. Sorry, what was that? A funny one too. Okay. After the break, it's the White Flag Lab here on the Vet Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You've watched the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. 
showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. You're listening to V8 Insiders. On this week's White Flag Lap, Stephen Johnson talks to us about what he thought of the format at Queensland Raceway. Uh, I think it was good, you know. We didn't really get much of a chance in the middle to have a break where some of the guys, I think, stayed in their cars. I got out, um, had a drink, had a quick chat to the engineer. Uh, I had a few brake problems, so the boys bled the brakes and did all, you know, did a fair bit of work, actually, in 12 minutes. And... Um, you know, next thing you know, you sit out for a second, you have a chat to your engineer, you make a couple of little changes, you look over and there's five minutes to go before you've got to drive out again. So I was like, better get my helmet back on and get in. So um, it was really good and uh, I don't know what the fans thought of it, but I think there was actually two quite exciting races there. So, um, you know, that may be something food for thought for them for the future. What would be your ideal format? Uh, you know, I think... A lot of the guys like to get the teams involved with, with, with pit stops, etc. But I think over a race weekend, if you could have a couple of races, you know, you have some sprint races and some longer races, I think that sort of would, um, you know, cover the basis of everything. Um, but, uh, you know, I know for a fact that the races probably wouldn't have been that close if there were pit stops involved. So I think it's good to um, mix it up a little bit, uh, you know, there was some pretty aggressive driving out there, and uh, you know, but some good racing. You know, there's there's a fair bit of rubber up and down the side of most of the cars up and down pit lane, and um, you know, that's what that's what people want to see. So we just need to, uh, I guess, work out exactly what's best a for the category and b for the people to get them out. You know, there was a massive crowd out here, which was awesome. I haven't seen a crowd like that for a long time. So obviously, you know, whether it's the format or whether it's the promotion, whatever we've done. We need to keep doing it because we need to keep getting them out to places like this. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm all for whatever it takes to, to get the people on board. But, you know, notoriously, I'm, I'm a, you know endurance specialist. I love the endurance races. But, uh, you know, having said that, today I showed that I can be a pretty handy sprint race driver too. So either or, um, uh, you know, I'm happy, happy if, uh, you know, V8s are happy and certainly if the fans are happy. You can find out more about Stephen Johnson's new role at Jim Beam Racing in the latest edition of V8X magazine. It's on sale now. My thanks to Tony Shebecki and Lachlan Mansell along with Stephen Johnson and Jason Bright as the checker flag waves on another edition of the V8 Insiders. Till next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders only on v8x.com.au.